This episode of Not Too Deep is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace makes it easier than ever to launch your passion project, whether you are showcasing your work or selling products of any kind. With beautiful templates and the ability to customize just about anything, you can easily make a beautiful website all by yourself. But if you get stuck, Squarespace's 24-7 award-winning customer support is there to help. Go to squarespace.com grace for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code grace, G-R-A-C-E, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Let's just catch up, you know. <laughs> That's where we're starting. <laughs> welcome to Not Too Deep with Chill Jack Ferry. Uh, hi, Grace Albert. How hi, are you? Welcome to another episode. I'm so excited. Raymond Braun is on this episode. He is Amazing friend that I've had for a few years. Uh, just like such a great person. He does so much for the LGBTQ plus community. He is uh, has a new show on Catfish. Uh, not on Catfish, on MTV. Called Catfish Trolls. Catfish Trolls. It is yeah. an offshoot of Catfish, which I'm very obsessed with. Jack has familiarity. He's been Catfish. You've heard it here before. Yeah. Uh, but this is now addressing trolls, internet trolls specifically, right. which seems nuts to me, but also appropriate that yeah. this is at the time that we're at in our culture where it's time to start like doing something about this and having yeah. the conversations that like people there are humans on both ends of this scenario yeah. of being trolled and the trolls and how can we get to a resolution on this so I think I uh, admire him for being part of a program like that especially where they're confronting the trolls in the end I mean that feels very um, high pressure and oh uh, yeah I mean I would I would be <laughs> I think I would go in level-headed and then just lose my shit say things that I can't take back and then there goes my job yeah I kind of feel the same way so have you ever had to deal with uh, like a vicious troll or anything like that never your... ever wow really <laughs> that's, that's really surprising yeah I, ever, you've been online for just, a while so that's yeah weird. I, I've been uh, made it out on <laughs> Scathed. Uh, oh, wow. Well, good for you, man. That's yeah, great. Yeah, <laughs> we've never gotten negative feedback about our podcast. We've had never had negative feedback about anything I've created. And, you know, you know, when you put yourself out there here, I'm just going to let, let some people know. Sometimes when you put your heart and soul and you make yourself vulnerable and you create something, you put it out there. Some people, usually everyone thinks it's great. <laughs> yep. All the time. That's right. Constantly. So how do you deal with it though? Like when that does happen, like um well and you just get like thick skinned? Yeah. I think in the beginning when people would leave mean comments, it was confusing at first because I've never done that in my like life. Never right. like thought about that when I first started using the internet that like to me, the internet was this amazing platform and tool that you could connect to people in other countries, in other states. Yeah. Um you could post content and ideas without having to get cast on a TV show. And so it was almost funny to me to think that some people's first um, instinct was to use it for bad, right? to harm people, to make people feel bad. Uh, and I guess I dated a guy that studied psychology in college. And so just the idea of like understanding where people's like pain comes from or that people have pain and like projection, understanding that whole idea of that sure. gave me some sort of insight, but it, it is also like sucks sometimes if you're in a bad place and then someone like needles you right in the bad place with a comment that right. is specific and direct. That's when you're like, ah, oh, dang it. And yeah. you get mad. I have a couple times responded to things um, that caught me at the wrong time in the right spot that would yep. make me feel bad. We and, all have, yeah. Yeah, and then have since felt remorse and, you know, 
empathy for the person and, you know, regret for doing that. Yeah. Remember when I lived in New York, that someone said something to me on like Tumblr when I was really actively using Tumblr and I like reposted it and like said something that was kind of snarky, but also like direct. I don't even remember what they were even commenting about. That's like how much of a bummer it is, like how insignificant now. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't even remember what the mean comment was, but in mm-hmm. that moment it was enough for me to respond. And then everyone that was following me on Tumblr, like went and attacked this like girl, little girl that ended up being, oh and like she like deleted her account. Cause they all piled on. Yeah. And so that's also not the response that you want yeah, either. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's hard to not, and like Raymond will talk about it a little bit in this episode about how you want people to have consequence for their actions, but you don't want to I'll make that open a door for p- other people to give consequence to this person. Yeah. You know, you got to let this person now grow and give them opportunity yeah. to change. The internet definitely has a tendency to pile on. And, oh yeah. And it can be a scary thing I, I just read a book recently um, that I highly recommend. It's called, so you've been publicly shamed Ooh. by John Ronson. <laughs> okay. And it's really, really interesting because he basically takes a couple case studies of people who, um, have done regrettable things mm-hmm. and then the internet has piled on mm-hmm. and like in some cases ruined their lives. Like yeah. the, the woman who, remember that woman who like tweeted that really insensitive thing when she was like on a flight to Africa. And then there was like this like trending hashtag of being like, did she land yet? Oh, because like before she had even gotten off the plane, she had lost her job. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, I forget her name, but, um, it kind of chronicles her and, um, her life was ruined by it. And obviously what she shouldn't have said it. And she admits that she's like, it was a poorly phrased joke and I regretted it. And I didn't want to, I didn't mean it the way it sounded. And, um, and she had like 117 followers or something mm-hmm. when she tweeted it. So it just kind of um, it, she was really shocked that it went like viral, like the way that it did. And um, what's interesting is that, you know, yes, she shouldn't have said what she said, but like she's like super depressed now and like can't yeah. get a job. And like, you know, she's like whenever I go on a date, like at a certain point, like they're, they're going to Google out. my name yeah. and that's what comes up. And yeah, how do you, how do you come back? From you kind of don't. And yeah. that's the point of the book is that, you know, we live in this new culture now with the internet where, um, you know, public shaming used to be a thing and mm-hmm. it's sort of come back in vogue in a way, but it's like so hyper, powered now yeah. because, you know, we've got this global network to all, and, you know, Google's a powerful thing. And if you're, you know, the first thing you, you, you type in a person's name and it comes up with like racist tweeter, yeah. then you're like, all right, well, that's, that's my story now. That's my epitaph. Yeah. And there's like, um, and even though she's, you know, apologizing and all that, like, it doesn't matter. Like, who do you apologize to? Yeah. Like at that point, like you can't apologize who's to gonna, everyone on the internet. Yeah. Who's the person yeah. that lifts the weight off of you and says, yeah. now you are forgiven. Yeah. And I think it just opened my eyes to just be like, oh yeah, we need like more room for nuance in the world. And, um, And I think having Raymond on is great because he brings such a positive um, perspective, Mm -hmm. even in the face of like hateful people. That it's like, I feel like that's something that I aspire to do more. Yeah. And that's why it makes me knowing Raymond for years. Like I met him when he worked in marketing at YouTube was when he wasn't even like in front of the camera and let alone like on a television show on MTV. And that's Mm -hmm. why he talks a lot about the concept of like building up and shining light on positive affirmations online rather than the negative, which I think is basically what he's encompassing. I'm so proud that he has 
a bigger platform, something like a network that reaches an audience that is so vulnerable and impressionable and he's able to spread that message. And it's just like, yeah, more stuff and more people like that should be um, showcased, should be amplified, like you were saying. Yeah. So, well... On that note, we may as well just get into it Let's because do it. I don't want to tell you the whole like transcript before we even get to yeah. the script. So, um, without further ado, here's Raymond Moran on this episode of Not Too Deep. Not, not too deep. What's Kreisheimbeck? Jack. Yes, Grace. I am so delighted that Squarespace once again is coming clutch. They're sponsoring this episode. Yay. Yeah. We you... miss them. It's been so long. I know. <laughs> and you can turn your dream into a reality with Squarespace. They make it easier than ever for you to launch your passion project. That's true. Whether you're looking to start a new business, showcase your work, publish content, sell products, and more, Squarespace is the tool for you. Mm-hmm. They have beautiful templates created by world-class designers and the ability to customize just about anything thing with a few clicks so you can easily make a beautiful website all by yourself. Squarespace's powerful e-commerce functionality lets you sell anything online and analytics help you grow your site in real time. And this thing's really cool. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. There's nothing to patch or upgrade ever. I don't even know what that means, but you don't even (laughs) have to worry about it. And buying domains is super simple. You can get all the help you need with Squarespace's 24-7 award-winning customer support. And I am proud to say that (laughs) even though I make websites with Squarespace, I've never had to use it. So pat myself on the back. Look at you go, but at least it's there. I know, at least it's good to know that it's there. They empower millions of people from designers to lawyers to artists to gamers, even restaurants and gyms to turn great ideas into something real. So head on over to squarespace.com slash grace for your free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code grace. G-R-A-C-E to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash grace. Offer code grace. Not, not too deep. This episode of Not Too Deep is brought to you by Third Love. Using thousands of real women's measurements, Third Love designs its bras with breast size and shape in mind so they fit impeccably and feel even better. And now, since adding 24 new sizes, Third Love offers the most options of any brand. That's a total of 70 sizes and you can find your fit in 60 seconds online order and try on at home with third love's fit finder quiz and it's actually fun and takes less than a minute so you don't have any more awkward fitting room experiences and this is hands down the most comfortable bra your own i can attest to it i only wear sports bras but they sent me some of these and i was blown away they have premium ultra soft smoothing fabrics to expert design features like straps that don't slip the details make the difference and the labels are tagless so they're not itchy and because third love guarantees a perfect fit returns and exchanges are free and easy third love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone so right now they're offering you my beautiful listeners 15 percent off your first order Go to thirdlove.com slash grace now to find the perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash grace for 15% off today. We're going. We oh are. my God. It's been a long time coming. I don't know why you haven't been here already, but I'm so excited that the day is finally here. Raymond Brown. Yes. Yay. Finally, Grace. It's on Not Too Deep. Now, Raymond Brown, you are a media personality, entrepreneur, advocate, political commentator, and TV host. Woo. When, well, thank you. Also, 
Fitspiration. <laughs> you want to uh, talk about that? I want to dive right into that. I've because, never been called it in my life. I feel so excited that you just said that. Oh my God. Okay. You have been on a health and wellness kind of journey. You and Tyler Oakley together. Yes. When did this start? How did this start? Well, you were actually with us. Um, I was a chubby kid in high school. And mm-hmm. th- I remember there was a night where we were at Mamrie's, I think, and we were all getting in the hot tub. And I remember yeah. Tyler and I were just looking at each other and we're like, I really don't want to take my shirt off right now. And so I've always like for a while, I just felt self-conscious about myself mm-hmm. and um, my body. I was in shape. I tried doing sports, you know, in high school and in college because I wanted to fit in. But it's like two left hands. It never was really working for me. <laughs> yeah. But about a year and a half ago, I think Tyler and I decided we're like, let's just do this together and really support each other and share our tips and tricks. Walking into a gym is super intimidating, like so especially intimidating. in L.A. That's why I yeah. don't go. See, I still work out from home because I still have that kind of anxiety about walking in because it seems like everyone already knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. which I'm sure the reality is that a lot of people are guessing, checking and don't really, you know, have as much knowledge as everyone else walking in. In my experience, I found that people are mostly just paying attention to themselves. That is so true. (laughs) Very true, yeah. And they're taking their selfie and they're having them film their fancy exercise. (laughs) But chances are they're unconcerned about you completely. (laughs) Completely. LA though is like next level though because I feel like I'm working out next to Arnold Schwarzenegger clones. Like literal action stars here. This is the mecca for it. So it definitely is intimidating. It feels like you're working out next to a bunch of afters, like after photos (laughs) of people that have gone through a transformation that you're like, how could I possibly go in as a before right now? Well, I'll tell you a story about something that happened a little earlier in my fitness journey if we want to call it that uh-huh. um, we do because this is the worst <laughs> this is like the worst thing that can happen and it happened and I kept going so okay you know maybe people can take something from it yeah um so I'm you know bench pressing doing my thing mm-hmm. and it's funny the very first time I bench pressed I couldn't even get the bar up yeah. and my friend was helping me and he's like okay so now's the part where you put on weights and I was like oh I, I felt that I thought we were just exercising <laughs> but we So I had um, had a friend who was spotting me and I like knew kind of what my general weight range was. And I was feeling myself this day. I just bought AirPods. I had, you know, (laughs) music pumping, techno. I'm like, I am strong right now. And so I said, I'm going to put my weight on and I'm not going to have someone spot me because I've got this. And I'm just going to do, I'm just going to, you know where this is going. I'm like, I'm just going to do one rep and, you know, max out and I'm feeling like a gym bro. So I put the bench press like halfway up and I realized, oh my God, like, I'm not going to be able to get this all the oh, way up. No. Oh, and no. so fun fact for people, if this happens, slowly move it back down to your chest and uh-huh. scream and someone will help you. That's <laughs> not what I did. <laughs> and I still had a little bit of pride. And so I said, let me try to clear this. And uh-huh. so my right hand's a little stronger than my left hand. I'm, I'm right handed. Uh-huh. And so it was like lopsided. <laughs> oh, and then no. my muscles just gave out and the bar literally crashed on my face. Oh, oh my God. Now what happened is oh, no. it chipped all of my back molars on my left side. It busted my lip open. Oh my God. And then the bar, after it like made contact with my teeth, it fell down and it gagged me, honey. Oh my God. Yes, it was like literally a gag. So I... Why, by the way, why am I saying this? I thought we wanted to inspire people we to are exercise. We inspiring people yeah. because, uh, you know, it's Use always the darkest before the dawn. Exactly. Okay? So I, you know, and there was so much adrenaline that I remember 
I'm like laying there with this <gasps> being gagged by this bench press bar, not able to lift it up. And I'm like, is this the end for me? You're like, is and this how I'm going to go <laughs> out? I'm like, I don't feel oh, comfortable no. with this. So I'm like kicking my feet. And then um, two train one trainer screamed and uh-huh. ran over with another one. And then, of course, the whole floor is looking. Oh, no. And oh, when they pulled the bar out, the first thing I said is like, do I still have my teeth? Because I could feel <gasps> crunchiness the, in my oh, mouth. Sh- um, but it was pure adrenaline. Wow. I ended up going to the hospital. Oh. And, you know, a month and a half later... You went Our back? lips heal quickly and you <gasps> can't even tell. And so I I bring up that story, I guess, to say that the worst happened and I and I it didn't wow. scare me enough and to you go still away. Work and, out. and so now I don't care about looking like a fool because I feel like I've already made myself look like oh, an ultimate yeah. fool. You've been through it. Yeah. That's insane. Wow. <laughs> wow. That is Good for you. I'm Thank proud you. of you Thank for you. getting through that. But now you're, you seem like you're in a really good place with like the balance of like a healthy lifestyle. Trying to. Yes. Yeah. And it's good to have friends that like I love, you know, going for a hike. I feel I'm from Ohio. Right. And I feel like I definitely dipped my toe into the waters of L.A. and said, you know what? I'm not going to resist this. I'm just going to let's just do it. Like, yeah. yes, I'll go to the hike with you. Yes. I'll, and it turns I'll out cook it's nice. With you and it's fun. Yeah. And it's always nice when you're go- when you want to do any sort of like lifestyle change to have someone like Tyler that's doing it with you. Mm-hmm. So there's like built in accountability yes. for things because that's my thing is I, I am the least accountable to myself. I will very easily, it's like a game, talk myself out mm-hmm. of doing something that yeah, yeah, yeah. would be good for me. Well, can I just start by saying that you both look wonderful? So God I, bless. you know, I think we're our own worst critic, but I, I've read and you always hear that it takes, I think a month to develop a new habit. Yeah. And like having that accountability with Tyler the first month was special because then after we started after you start to see a couple of results or you feel stronger yeah. or I'm yeah. like wait I just walked up this hill and the I wasn't panting shift. yes mm-hmm. and so that it, it kind of has a snowball effect after that this feels so it's weird so- talking about fitness I used to be that guy I, that was like Ugh, but like, isn't that so cool and yeah. it's also fun to think about that because you're like who am I going to be next year That's if I'm true. this from last year because uh, we're going to get into catfish trolling okay. which uh, catfish trolls which you shot last year yes uh, but first before that I got to talk about drag race I just yes. have to talk to you about this okay we could create a spinoff of this just uh, drag race I and I could how, talk about this with you for hours how you don't have some sort of like drag race podcast recapping and talking about each episode blows my mind I'm manifesting that for you and putting that out in the universe <laughs> hoping that that translates into something in your future you know Grace I appreciate that idea and I'm curious what people listening think but that might be a dream job for me because I am a super fan of Drag Race. You're a super fan, which must have been like an absolute dream come true to be on an episode of Drag Race's previous season, season 10. Yes, which season is- 10, episode 10, 10 Se- across the board. Oh, amazing. <laughs> okay, so talk to me about this experience. I've talked to Chester, who okay. was also featured on that episode, a little bit about it, and I'm sure you had a much different experience mm. than he did. Oh, I just got like tingly. In the <laughs> I, love, I will relive this moment. I think yes, those were the we two. Had a, we asked for questions for you on the internet and a lot of them were about your experience in the workroom, yes. like with the queens, all of that. I love it. Let's just take over this whole yes. podcast talking about Drag Race. So when I found out, I immediately started <laughs> crying because oh. <laughs> it's hard for me to describe to people. Like, not only is it just an incredible show if you've seen it, but not to get too deep here because I know it's not too deep. No, but, but this is something I'm like, this, let's, let's get go deep, deep about. on Drag Race. <laughs> Drag Race came out around the exact same time that I came out. Okay. And I had dealt with so much... Um, kind of pressure and bullying growing up in like a conservative town in Ohio Mm -hmm. around self-expression and um, like tapping into my more feminine side and just being okay, being like this expressive, creative, sensitive, flamboyant gay guy. Being yourself. Yes, being myself that when Drag Race came out, it was like this world that I was so excited to be 
stepping into. And it made me feel so much more confident and proud and excited about what was out there in the world. And I saw these people who were thriving. And I I love that it's not just about the beautiful drag, but it's about the stories and the heart and Mm -hmm. like seeing um, queer people in conversation with each other. So that's the preamble. Like yeah. that show has, I have like a spiritual connection to yeah, it. Yeah, and a lot of people do. That's why the show yes. has such impact on a global level to people is because it's presenting stories. It's presenting artistry mm-hmm. in ways that you haven't heard before or seen before. I mean, I was blown away the first time I saw it. And I was like, where has this been in my life? Like, <laughs> it's beautiful. I like get chills talking about it because I like think drag queens are beautiful creatures that yes. just like glow and inspire everyone I like I, I love that you feel that way too because I think that it's rooted in in such love and just pure mm-hmm. self-expression and even on set the crew and everyone who works on the show is yeah. so genuinely happy to be there you hear about how they have the best of the best in the industry and a lot of these people mm-hmm. turn down jobs that pay double because they want to be on the RuPaul's Drag Race set and you just Amazing. feel that energy it's like this cocoon of magic and expression and fun I just wish the world felt like that but yeah. I never I'm not a drag queen and I have so much appreciation for the art, but my, you know, I, I never thought in in a million years that I would actually walk the runway. Yeah. And you had no prior experience at all. So I had done drag once. Okay. This is, was a deleted uh, scene. Didn't make it into the final cut, Mm -hmm. but I did drag once. It was with my friend Curtis, who's Miss Fame. And he invited me onto his YouTube channel because he is, in my opinion, he's the most fabulous, uh, makeup artist to come out of drag race. NYC. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the the makeup that he does is so I tried to follow one of his like drag <laughs> makeup tutorials and it, I felt miserably obviously because he's above and beyond <laughs> I saw that. any no, skill I saw set. When you were doing drag makeup. It's very sad. Yeah, yes. I felt like this is just now mean towards him. Like I shouldn't be doing this, even though my intentions are pure. Yes. Uh, but that's that's a, what an amazing first person to work yes. with. So Curtis said, you know, I want you to come in and we're going to create a look that I did for a music video I just released. Mm-hmm. And so that was all about the makeup transformation. We did face up, no tuck, okay. no walking in heels. And so I definitely got the experience of having your face painted and and seeing like the energy shift when you're in drag. Mm -hmm. But drag race was the next level because we did the whole thing. I mean, I was tucking, I was walking in heels, (laughs) I was twirling. Asia had me in like this tight latex bodysuit. So everything had to be smushed into place. Yeah, that's insane. And I imagine because you're such a fan of the show that the pressure level of walking the runway in heels Mm. in front of RuPaul what did you what did you do like uh, verbal calming exercises before you did that because I yes. can't imagine how scary that must have been so going in it was interesting because we had Kingsley Tyler Frankie and me who are all you know openly gay men and mm-hmm. huge fans of the show and then we had Chester and Anthony who are straight were incredible sports but weren't as familiar with the show right and I remember I think Frankie was getting his makeup done but Kingsley Tyler and I were about to walk in and we were also nervous and mm-hmm. we just had this moment where we said, when else are we going to get this experience in our life? Mm-hmm. This is one of those true pinch me moments. Like, let's just go in and have the time of our lives. Yeah. And my heart has never beat as fast as right before I walked in. But once I was in, if you watch the footage, like I ran, I'm like, I'm here. Let's <laughs> no, go. The camera couldn't even keep up. And, and it was like, I was just oh, living it. You were a kid in a candy shop. Yes. I was like, look at Raymond go. Like, okay. I might've been a little drunk by myself watching it at home. But I was like screaming at the TV, like standing on my couch, like Tom Cruise on Oprah talking about, you know, Katie Holmes. I was just like so proud. And like, also, yeah, you can see your joy take you over. And I'm sure you probably, blacked out for part of the episode. I did. Like, I didn't remember it. And I tried to write a journal. Tyler and I left because I was actually staying with him. We did like a sleepover the the night after filming. Yeah. And um, 
I was like, I need to write all this down to remember. But I, I kind of blacked out even from like the same <sighs> day just because I was swept up. It, it reminds me of, I don't know if anyone else does this, but like I'm cleaning my apartment. It's midnight. I put on some music and mm-hmm. I'm strutting around, you know, owning the runway of my yes. studio apartment. And so I felt like I was living that Raymond, which I never had really let fully come out you uh, know, before, especially like with private, the camera on. Yeah. Yeah. And so it felt cool. But I'll tell you a couple of little practical things about drag too that I wasn't expecting. The biggest surprise for me around like tucking and also just walking the runway and everything is that you can't pee. Oh, I've never thought about tucking is a multi-layered process, which includes at least the way that we did it for Uh me, like five layers of pantyhose and then having this kind of latex bodysuit over it in addition to tape and gaffs. So it's full chastity belt. It's like, imagine, imagine not being, and I'm also the type of person that if someone tells me like, you're not going to be able to use the bathroom or like going into a movie or a flight when yeah. you're in the middle seat. Right. Then you start thinking about it and you're like, oh, shoot, I have to go now. Yeah. And so I remember Asia told me, Asia was my partner, um, you need to drink just enough water that your lips don't crack because I need the lipstick on smooth. Oh, but no more than that, because you basically aren't going to be able to pee for like seven hours. Oh, and so that's that was our experience. And But like thinking about in hindsight, thinking about some of the practical stuff, like is everything correct and in the mm-hmm. right place? Help me, you know, not let nerves take over and be like oh my gosh I'm about to walk the runway for RuPaul yeah I guess at that point you have to be so present in your own body Mm -hmm. that you're not your brain can't wander yes it can't create like this nervous narrative and it all happens so quickly too oh yeah but I do my my clearest memory from that whole experience is that we went first on the runway Mm -hmm. and I will never forget uh being backstage and there was a PA and then there was like the tick, tick, tick. And then the runway music started mm-hmm. and the lights kind of went up. They're like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, dun. Yeah. And I just thought, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is, I'm like about to start crying right now. And so, and I looked at Asia and she, she said something that I probably can't say on the podcast, but um, she mouthed some very motivational stuff, but like it involved a lot of you better work, bitch. Yeah. And uh, and then it happened. That's great. I yeah. mean, she gave you the equivalent of like a locker room pep talk exactly. before you went up there. <laughs> That's amazing. I also, uh, you know, they only show so much in the show. Mm-hmm. And the one thing Chester was telling me is that like when Rue comes around to all the workplace, all the workstations mm-hmm. and has like a conversation with like where you're at, that it's like an hour long conversation or mm-hmm. it's a much longer conversation than what they allude to on the show. Yes. It being like she comes by for two minutes, says something sassy yes. and then leaves. And so I thought that was fascinating that they just have so much footage. Rue was so generous with his time and you can see watching the episode too. I think how genuinely happy he was. I think that the makeover episode is one of his favorites and the crews too, because it reminds everyone of the magic of drag, whether Mm -hmm. it's the Queens or the participants or the crew, like they're so in their heads. They're more than halfway through the season that seeing someone like delight in that first experience or seeing someone like Chester, who just has a complete physical and personality transformation. Yeah. He was like, elated afterwards and the one thing that he uh we were texting about it the next day and he had texted me and i was like very like oddly proud that Mm -hmm. he was like the one thing that's so different because he was just so excited about it was that he's like i haven't gotten an ounce of negative feedback he's like this community is so supportive and you've talked about that before but i didn't like really understand that because he was assuming that he being like a straight male on the Mm. show like this would get criticisms in some way or or come across as some sort of offensiveness and he was like truly genuinely blown away by how positive the response was and i I know i was like 
find myself looking at my phone like crying. Be like, yeah, so proud, like and happy that you had this moment because it is so powerful. Him and Anthony deserve that, and I saw such positive feedback mm-hmm. for both of them, and I. I love it. I mean, I think that every guy should should try out drag once. You don't know what it might unlock in you. Yeah. And I think just getting in touch with different elements of expression helps you yeah. discover where you're most comfortable yourself. And I think that there was appreciation, though. Um, I think that for fans of this show, whenever you see a straight guy who's willing to step into drag and mm-hmm. join that world and be supportive of it, it's healing in a way because for yeah. so many of us, we've faced uh, like bullying or discrimination from, you know, that straight kid on the playground when we were younger. And yeah. so then seeing that later on and seeing it be so embraced, I think it just gives us hope for the future and it, it's great. exciting. So I'm glad that no one critiqued him because his performance was flawless. Miss Cookie was everything. I feel also, honored I got to meet her in person uh, and I hope right? she comes back. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> also, I'm like, he's been on Broadway. He's saying yeah, Dan. Oh, so yeah. like the narrative was a little not fully representative. Well, you better work. Grace, you better call that out because I said that to him. I was texting him, being like, "Do none of these people know that like you have experience like in heels and dancing and wearing eyeliner and full wigs?" And he's like, "Oh, Frankie was screaming it in the workroom the whole time. They just didn't edit it into it." I was Frankie like, oh. was screaming it, but Frankie, by that same standard, yeah. also had an advantage. So totally, yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Did it affect your? Because you shot this before it aired, so yes. did this obviously affect you watching the full season? Because you kind of knew already. Yes, in well, the beginning, it's, it's funny because I. I'm one of those people that like I want people to be surprised watching the show yeah. and I I didn't tell anyone and I know that's the I crazy thing so, too yeah and we had to sit on I mean it's it's helpful that one of my best friends Tyler was in it with me so we could just talk you about it whenever we wanted and I could kind of get that out but I really wanted everyone to be shocked but at the same time I was like I have to ride hard for Asia because yeah. she is so talented and I had such a wonderful time with her and we kept in touch since the show aired and I was That's talking great. to her about things and so people it's funny when the episode came out people were like I was wondering why you were like so obsessed with Asia. Like I was president of the Asia fan club, retweeting yeah. everything. Like, oh, but hey, don't forget about Asia's look. Like, literally made a fan edit of Asia's runway looks and posted on Twitter. And so, um, I think oh. that people were just like, "She's awesome," but why are you like taking it to that next level? Oh, that's um, amazing. So that was kind of funny, but yes, it was interesting to see. Like I fell in love with some of the other queens. And then I was like, yeah. oh, I wonder what their journey is where they don't make it to this point. Like Monique Hart, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, so charismatic and fun. And so it definitely did um, change the element. But I, every year I've done like a drag race fantasy league. <gasps> and the closest thing I'll ever come to fantasy football. Oh, my God. And... I felt fraudulent doing it this year, oh, yeah. so I didn't. You're like, I have an unfair like, advantage. I can make a lot of money, but uh, so when the episode comes out. So that's pure. So, yes. I know. That's so gracious of you. Okay, let's talk about Catfish Trolls. Sure. New show on MTV. Yes. It's a three-week run. Yes. A special. Um, it's like special. a summer event, miniseries, special spinoff. Yeah. How, how many episodes are there? Just three, three. total. Just three. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the it's a, a an offshoot of Catfish. Yes. And so what is the, the conceit? What's the concept? Is you're taking people that have specific people trolling them online or in real life or is it just online so it's online and Mm -hmm. we follow the exact catfish model of investigation so a person Mm -hmm. will reach out and say i'm having this issue this person won't leave me alone i don't know their identity or i don't know how to make them stop can you please help me and then we do a full catfish style investigation some of the trolls we kind of know what their name is but we don't know where they live or what their deal is and then some of them it's literally like an anonymous avatar so we have to figure out who is the person behind the avatar right and so the show follows us in the same catfish model of like investigating, reaching out, hoping the person will agree to meet up with us and then uh, having a confrontation between the person being trolled and 
and their troll and wow. hopefully making it stop. That must be stressful. Yeah, what's the anxiety level on that? Like, that makes me nervous. The yeah. anxiety level is through the roof because with cat, I call it OG catfish. Yeah. <laughs> with OG catfish or, you know, the relationship in dating catfish, there's an existing relationship there. Yeah. The person might not be who they're saying there are, but there's, right. you know, months and months of texts or phone call conversations. So there's yeah. a level of intimacy or understanding between people but with this that a lot isn't of times confrontational exa- exactly but not always in this situation like they don't they oftentimes have never spoken to their actual troll or they don't really know anything about them i mean Ugh. it's a lot on that the, so intense. the person that's coming to you guys that wants to talk to their troll that's a hard thing to even like say that you want to do like i don't think i'd necessarily want to seek out some of the people that have said rude things online i completely agree i think that I definitely don't advocate everyone confronting to or talking to their trolls. Yeah. I think that sometimes it can be traumatizing mm-hmm. to yeah. put yourself in a situation where someone who's been so nasty to you can kind of further that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's really no one size fits all solution to trolling. Like sometimes it's best to just block and ignore. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you respond once to get closure if you need it and sure. then stop. Sometimes you have other people stand up for you or you get the platform where it's happening involved. But in this specific instance, all three of the people who reached out in each of the episodes, it was really impacting them. And this was not service level trolling. This was like systematic over several months, the person really getting in their head, really wow. knowing them, and wow. they wanted God. closure. I mean, I for one episode in particular, the girl just said, I really just need closure. I really just need to understand why he did that so that I can kind of move on from here. Yeah. And then for another person, it's like, you've been doing this for six years. It's impacting my business. Like, please just make it stop. And so people have different motivations, but wow. it was important to me that they felt really clear in their desire to actually meet the troll because it can be a really scary experience. Yeah. What was the most surprising thing you learned because you shot this like you said a year ago in New York and so one it's crazy to be sitting on this show and Mm -hmm. wondering how people are going to perceive it and and how's it going to come across is it going to have a positive or negative impact in whatever ways what was the most surprising thing while you were shooting it that happened well going in my mantra for the show was hurt people hurt people Mm. and I believe that if you're a successful well-adjusted happy, fulfilled person, you're not spending your time tearing down and attacking other people online. And so having that knowledge of the trolls that we were dealing with were hurting that there was something that was crying out for help in their trolling, I think helped me find empathy for them. Mm. And in my mind, I really thought it would be similar to the catfish model where there's a confrontation. We sit down on the couch, there's a fight, but then there's an emotional heart to heart. And then there's some kind of resolution. Cause I would say more than half of the times on OG catfish, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's at least a congenial resolution. They might not stay in a relationship, but it's like, I understand where you yeah. came from. There's sort of yeah. a bittersweet there's like, exactly. finality to there, it. There's a way for both parties closure. to move on. Yes, yeah. and get closure. And so mm-hmm. my hope with this was that every time there would be closure, the troll would apologize and stop trolling. Yeah. I mean, you have, you're on a national TV show. You have two hosts who are taking different angles to um, try to convince you to stop. Yeah. And without giving away too many spoilers, I think the biggest surprise is that you know, you hear all the time like, oh, bring that same energy in person that you bring online and you assume that people won't be the same way that they are in person, that they are online. Yeah. Well, in this instance, sometimes they were even nastier in person than they Whoa. were online. Wow. 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 And so that that was hard when someone is literally bringing that troll energy to me in addition to the person that we're helping. Yeah, that's, that saps some of that empathy yes. out of you. Yeah. <laughs> like how to, I, I was like, I and I know it's hard and I know that it sounds Pollyanna and I know people have said like, 
it doesn't seem real, Raymond, that like just get down in the gutter and fight sometimes. But yeah. for me, I'm like, I will not match your energy there. No. Like, I don't believe in fighting fire with fire. It's just going to burn everyone. It's yeah. like the eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. And so even when people were being so nasty to me, it was kind of like, okay, I'm I'm hearing what you're saying, but answer my question. Or yeah. like, mm. I want to talk about what it's your childhood was like. You're sort of deflecting or, it all. Yeah, because there's always, I think, a moment, I mean, I'm no psychologist, but I think I can understand like, human psyche a little bit that there has to be some moment of trauma in a person's life that causes them to project whatever like you said hurt people hurt people mm -hmm. whatever's going on internally onto someone that they deem weaker or like a punching bag in so many yes. ways and so when someone refuses to allow you to get behind those walls and figure out what and untangle whatever trauma it is like you can you can't, it can't beat a dead horse like I can imagine that there's only so much emotional energy you can yes. spend on these people before you're like, this is a lost cause. I think I, I would stay there, but we, you know, we're yeah, on a like, we're on schedule. A um, I think that even if they agree to not change, I think it's important for people to see the physical manifestation of what you're doing yeah. online. Cause yeah. I think people can think of it as a game. You're, you're in your room. Mm -hmm. You're not, truly thinking about what it feels like to receive this information and how it impacts. The, yeah, it's person. not real yeah. in your brain and you're hidden behind a computer and all of that. I think it's interesting because this uh, podcast will air after the three episodes cool. of aired, So everyone can go back and watch all three of them Love now. It. And I think what's going to be really fascinating is to see the impact that these episodes have not only on like the specific participants, but just on like a bigger level of people wanting to reach out and hopefully, hopefully are you guys trying to get more episodes? I'm assuming we'll see what happens with the response and with MTV, but I would love to, I mean, this is something I'm so passionate about and I would love to keep the conversation going. Yeah. I mean, you're such a great, powerful voice in so many communities Thank now you. that I think this is like a great way to channel all the good that you have to offer people. It makes Thank me you. very excited. That's why I'm like, there's Thank only you, three. Grace. I want more. <laughs> Thank you. I, yes. I mean, I, I really enjoyed the experience of trying to help people and mm -hmm. open up a conversation and you'll see in the episodes, like it's not perfect and people don't always agree to stop a hundred percent, but right. I love that we're having the conversation and I, and what's been coolest is seeing on social media that watching the episodes has made people reflect on their own, you know, activity online and, oh, and what that impact could be. But for me, I had something really interesting happen like two weeks before I had the very first meeting about the show uh -huh. where I don't normally, my personal style is I don't normally respond to trolls. I don't believe in giving oxygen to it yeah if it's constructive feedback I want to hear it and engage with you but mm -hmm. if it's just calling me the f word or yeah. saying that I'm ugly like I'm not going to respond yeah um but there was one anonymous account that literally commented on every single one of my Instagram photos and they were long comments but they were all about me being gay and they were all kind of grossly sexual in nature Oh boy! And I remember thinking, like, this person is crying out for help. Like, this mm -hmm. is extreme. And so that's a lot of time spent yes, with a lot of vitriol. to go through every exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. nuts. Yeah. So I DM'd the person and I said, I noticed that you comment on every single one of my photos, and all your comments are about me being gay. And I know from personal experience that when I was in my darkest place in the closet, mm -hmm. I hated what I recognized in myself. And there was a moment where I used to be disgusted by gay people because I was so afraid of my own identity. Mm -hmm. And so if that theory is right, and if you're struggling with your sexual orientation, like I wanted to just let you know that there's a lot of help out there and that you can be okay. Yeah. And they didn't respond for a couple of days and they, then they wrote back and basically it was a 14 year old kid who was from a really conservative state wow. and he had come out to his family and his parents had shamed him so much and tried to push him into conversion therapy that he went back into the closet Whoa. and then was trolling 
proudly gay people because he wanted to show his family and assert like I've I've changed. Wow. And it almost Whoa. brings tears to my eyes telling that story. But we ended up going back and forth a little bit and I got him connected with the Trevor Project Good. and Glisten, which are two wonderful organizations that help LGBTQ youth. Mm-hmm. And that will always stick with me, though, just wow. seeing that that was what had motivated him to troll. That's and amazing that you were able to recognize that. Because that's a real, I mean, that I'm sure. There's I would have a- just blocked him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good for but you, no, man. No, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. You know, kill people with kindness sometimes in mm-hmm. so many yeah. ways, you know, and like that's I- incredible. And also I'm glad that you called out those two organizations in Thank case you. anyone listening has absolutely anything that is relatable to these stories, because that's super important. Well, that's it. I mean, and also like what a weird universal thing to come to you like right before doing the show. It was it. It was totally one of those universe moments because I don't know what it wasn't in, in me that said you should respond to this particular comment. Yeah. And then the fact that like two weeks later, I'm having a meeting about this potential show and they said, have you ever been trolled? And I told They're that like, story and it was like, this feels like everything's yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, that's so exciting. Okay. We have to take a break so my chills can cool down for a second. Uh, <laughs> but when we get back, we have a bunch of internet questions for Loving Raymond it. Brown on Not Too Woo! Deep. We'll be right back. Wednesday, September 19th, after the live finale of America's Got Talent, don't miss a special preview of a new comedy totally for you. It's called I Feel Bad, and it's from executive producer Amy Poehler. I know her. She's amazing. She is amazing. And of course, she is every woman's imaginary best friend. I Yes, that is absolutely frankly, positively true. Frankly, she's mine too. So Yeah, yeah, that's Let's true. Let's not limit it to just women. Okay, here, listen up. I Feel Bad is about how women feel bad every day. Whoa, relatable. Like when you have that sexy dream about some hot guy, but then wake up, sorry you cheated on your husband. <laughs> or when your dad smacks you on the butt. Because from behind, you apparently look exactly like your mother. Oh. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, no. That but would I, be horrifying. It has never happened to <laughs> oh me. But for any woman out there that it has happened to, I am so deeply sorry. <laughs> and that's why you'll love this show. Uh, when a box of wine seems like a single serving, yeah, that's how it works. And ladies, this show gets you like your favorite pair of yoga pants. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming I've never worn yoga pants. Oh, they're, I'm wearing them right now. And <laughs> I fully, fully understand this. Career, kids, marriage, I feel bad is for the woman who supposedly have it all yet can't remember the last time they took a shower. Oh, my God. This is this, so relatable. <laughs> this is di- an autobiography of Grace Helvig is the <laughs> alternate title. So, guys and gals, don't miss a special preview of I Feel Bad right after the live finale of America's Got Talent. Wednesday, September 19th on NBC. Not, not too deep. This episode of Not Too Deep is brought to you by our good friends at Crave. Ooh, I am so excited about this. Yeah. They sent me some jerky. That's right. Crave is a jerky company. That's and right. it was so damn delicious. I lost <laughs> my mind. It's made with uh, tender gourmet cuts of meat mm-hmm. and elevated yet simple ingredients. Crave jerky is a great source of protein that's low in fat gluten-free, and contains all natural ingredients. Not to mention, the range of flavors is bold and imaginative, from sweet and tangy to savory and spicy. I haven't even tried them all. They sent me a ton of them, and I I can't, like, I'm set for the apocalypse. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was uh, intrigued by some of these flavors, Mm -hmm. like chili lime beef, barbecue pork, or sorry, black cherry barbecue pork. Whoa. Very fancy. 
sweet chipotle beef and mm. other other flavors like lemon garlic turkey and garlic chili pepper beef bold and inspiring yes i've only had uh the the beef ones i've never actually had the uh, the turkey ones i'm looking forward to trying that one. Ooh, there's something for everyone mm. and you can try one of crave's bold tender flavors like chili lime beef or black cherry pork by going to cravejerky.com and get 20 percent off when you use the code grace and that's cravejerky.com k-r-a-v-e jerky.com offer code grace We're back with Raven Brown on Not Too Deep. Um, okay, we're going to get into some questions submitted via internet. But before we do, I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every single guest that's on the podcast. And the first is, who, alive or dead, would you most want to throw cold spaghetti at? Ooh. Yeah. Who, alive or dead, would you most <laughs> want to throw spaghetti Well, I feel like there's an obvious answer in our current political climate, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to because I've tried to talk about, you know, talking across lines of difference. So I get you. And don't worry. Plenty of other people have said that answer for you. So you're you're covered. He's going to get spaghetti thrown at him by someone (laughs) (laughs) that would explain his color. Yeah. You know what? I think it would be my sixth grade bully who told me that I would never amount to anything. Yeah. Yeah. I want to throw that cold spaghetti. And there you go. And maybe we could get it rainbow. It could be like a rainbow stringy spaghetti and it could be this like rainbow oh my god i feel like uh you just gave me a youtube video idea rainbow spaghetti. as i'm talking about trolling i'm yeah. saying that i want to throw spaghetti on my no, you know that's on young me bully. i take credit for yes. forcing raymond to answer that question if i was forced um okay the other question we ask every guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or close call but you can only use three words or three like small phrases so mine for example is college jogging front lawn okay um Friend, dinner, bad text. (laughs) I like that you, without real hesitation, had a story that came to mind. (laughs) That went right there. Because there are a lot of people that are like, oh, I don't have a story. And I'm like, you're, get out of here. What are you doing? Okay, now let's get into some internet questions for you. We got a lot. um, And so I'm really excited. Yeah. Okay. um, This is from Maisie McLean. And they want to know what's the easiest way you can spread kindness? I know. We got a lot of really, really Uh, sweet questions. The fact that you've even asked that question makes me happy and shows that your heart is in a great place and you don't even need advice. Like, just follow the intuition that made you ask that question because you're coming from a great place. But I think that. It starts by, I'm trying to think of something that I can say that just isn't completely cliche or like Barney or preschool, but it really just starts from the golden rule of treating people how you want to be treated. And I think that a good way to spread kindness actually is to uplift and retweet and support content Mm -hmm. online that is uplifting and supporting and being kind. Because I think that a lot of times on Twitter in particular, people love to grab their popcorn and and spill Mm -hmm. the tea and watch as people fight or as drama plays out. And so then when people see that getting rewarded with shares and likes and retweet and social clout, then they want to mimic that. And so I think that if we kind of create the same culture where you just remind people why you love them or why you follow them and you support people who are supporting others um, and trying to build everyone up, then that furthers that. I think that's great. I think that's a very great kind of perspective on that. Uh, Thank you. Someone wants to know worst slash best experience with an animal. Are you an animal person? I love I love dogs. I had a yellow lab growing up. Aww. And so my best experience was every memory that I had with my sweet yellow lab, Linville. Um, <laughs> Linville? Linville is her name, yes, because Aww. there was a... Um, 
hike that my family used to do growing up called okay. Linville Ridge. Oh, cool. And so we named our dog after that because that was like probably some of our best um, memories. Okay, worst experience with an animal would be um, getting pooped on on my face <laughs> by a bird. <laughs> Oh, God. While I was driving. While you were driving? While I was driving. Wait, yes. were you in a convertible? How did that I happen? Was. Okay, oh phew. I was like, did the bird pull up a shot alongside you? <laughs> the bird flew through the window, Aim. hovered over me, and oh pooped on my face. Oh, no, my God. Wait, what, how do you Jeez. recover from that? What do you do? <laughs> well, I. First, you get disgusted and, <laughs> and then spit you a lot. Convince yourself that it's good luck. <laughs> the funny reason. thing is that, like, my close <laughs> friends know that I always have, you know, handy wipes or wet wipes or okay. Purell on me. I'm like that person who has the Bath and Body Works and I back keychain on their backpack yes, yes. um and so i was prepared i did have my handy wipe but i had actually remember i think my mom had told me that like in italian culture it's good luck if a bird poops on you yeah. and so i was really shook by it but then i'm like you know what it didn't go in my mouth it didn't go in my eye like it's just on the skin so i'll wipe it off and maybe good luck's coming my way oh god i can't i would have caused like a 10 car pile up. Yeah. It's I happened to me twice, actually. What? Like once through the car, then once in London. What? But that was just on my jacket, so who cares? Right. Uh, God, Wait, that hasn't happened to you? No. I thought everyone gets shit on by a bird. No, and that's me just telling you that everyone should have a pants shitting story, and I don't even have a bird shitting story. I love that I had one. I know. You have two. You're the luckiest person in the world. Okay. Um, Maxwell Fong wants to know, do you have any hidden talents or skills? So... This isn't the best one to share on a medium like a podcast because you can't see me, but I will show for the sake of you both. Mm-hmm. I have a double jointed nose. It's my perennial party what? trick. What? Maybe I'll take a photo over. We can take a selfie with it, which what? I'll put when this episode oh goes live. Okay. You ready to see me break my nose? Freak me out, but okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god! So I can do the rest of my wow. interview like this. Oh my god! Do you want god. to describe what you're seeing for I'm, people who okay, can't? Okay, so literally, oh my god, it's hard to look. If you imagine like <laughs> That's a crazy. Mr. Potato Head, but you took the um, <laughs> the nose, the nose and, and you just made it into an L shape on the Grace front of the can't face. Look at me, she's I like avoiding it. Okay, I'm gonna put it back. And, oh my god! It looks like wow. do you know the photo booth? How they have that swirl that you can do over your face? Yeah, it looks like I have the swirl on my face. It totally. When did you realize that you could do that? So I was on the couch. I remember this moment distinctly. I was oh. on the couch watching Disney. Mm-hmm. My mom was like, "It's time for dinner," and I had. <laughs> the other thing that happens is whenever I do, no. people know trying I'm to trying do it. Like, yeah. See if we could do it. <laughs> um, and I had been kind of like smushed up, like watching to angle towards the TV, uh-huh. and then <laughs> I got up and I was like, "My nose feels kind of weird." And then my mom saw me and started screaming, and oh then I started god. screaming. <laughs> I didn't know what she was screaming about. Oh my but God. I went into the mirror and was like, ah! And then, so we're just like screaming. And then I just touched my nose and it went back it into place. Back. And I was like, oh. So wow. we, next time I had my like annual physical, I showed the doctor and he's like, I mean, he like looked up and he's yeah. like, can you breathe okay? Is there any pain? I'm like, no. So I, it's just some wow. people have funky things. But the funniest thing is that, um, I was at this like tech conference when I was in college and uh-huh. you had to do, it's like that awkward one where they all say, you know, your fun facts. So that was my fun fact. And uh-huh. someone went, um, actually your nose doesn't have joints, so you can't be double jointed. I'm oh. like, okay, well I, it sounds good. I have a double jointed nose, but I have like <laughs> wow, funky what? cartilage. We could call it. And um, <laughs> that person's fun fact is that they're a Debbie Downer <laughs> yeah, exactly. all the time. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, well, congrats on Thank your nose. You. That's very <laughs> exciting. Okay. Um, space doodle wants to know if you were to create a new, TV show could be reality uh, or complete or could be realistic or completely mythical what would it be about and who would star in it it's a pretty lofty question 
and I have an immediate answer. Oh. It would be the all-star season of Drag Race, the winner's circle. I want the winner of every <gasps> season of Drag Race to compete for the ultimate title. Oh my and God. then that person would, ult- I, I don't think that RuPaul is ageless, but should right. RuPaul ever decide that they don't no longer want to do the show, down. that person would take over. Wow. Whoa. Like High su- stakes. Succession. Yes. I know. <laughs> I feel like that has to happen. I feel like that has Let's to be Let's put in the that works. out into the world. That would be, that's like Hunger Games in a way. <laughs> that would be amazing. That's how we should elect people in this country. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, okay. Someone wants to know, who would you go on carpool karaoke with? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's tough. That's a good question, though. I just can't sing. So I, this would just be like, who would I want to sing to me in a car? <laughs> me, I'm one of those people that like, I can't sing, but I love doing it. Same with mm-hmm. dancing. I'm not very good at dancing, but I love doing it. Yeah. But the funny thing is when I'm with people who don't know me that well and I start singing, I can tell that they're like, oh, she really thinks she can sing right now. And I'm like, no, I'm just enjoying I'm it. I'm aware. Uh, I'm having fun. Yes. So I, Grace, can I go deep again for one second? Of I'm so sorry. Can. We're, we're, we're going no, too deep. I I'm not too deep. Um, it would be Madonna and it would be more so that I could have a conversation with her because uh-huh. Madonna, super gay story alert. Madonna was one of the pivotal <laughs> reasons why I came out Yeah. when I was like growing up in Ohio for my, I believe it was my 15th birthday. My sister got us tickets to see her tour in Chicago. <gasps> and so we drove from my town in Ohio to Chicago, which was about four and a half hours. And my sister Hillary is amazing. Like hindsight, so beautiful. She did this. Shout we had Hillary. a hotel for the night and it was really the first time that I saw gay people in person wow. and drag queens and just the community. And I remember being like as in awe of the people in the crowd as I was in Madonna. Yeah. But the whole theme of her tour was the confessions tour. And so in between songs, she would have dance breaks where people could like confess something or dancers would like do a, a dance about a secret or something that yeah. they felt shame or stigma around. And I remember in that moment that that was kind of like a pep talk for me to ultimately come out. I didn't yeah. come out that night, but I remember thinking like if everyone else can can do this, then so can I. And it was Amazing. just cool seeing like cute gay boys kissing and dancing and just seeing it yeah. in person in the Midwest. So and it being I would love like, to tell her that story. Oh my God. Okay. I'm another thing I'm manifesting <laughs> yeah. that this yeah. you'll have an opportunity to tell her that story. Uh no, that's fantastic. And also I would love to watch you and her do carpool karaoke. Can you imagine? I can't do you, are you a Madonna fan? I mean, I'm not, I wasn't a super fan like growing up. Obviously, I have insane respect for her having such an illustrious career and mm-hmm. being so ahead of her time and being so progressive. But I remember because my whole family is like not really into music at all. And I, I say like telling me that. Yeah, I say now that like I just know nothing about music and I, it's hard for me to learn about it because it just seems overwhelming. So mm-hmm. it's always been a topic that like my family and I don't really I don't know, for whatever reason, don't broach. But I remember having two friends uh, in uh, middle school that were obsessed with Madonna and that's how I like learned who she was because mm-hmm. every year for Halloween they went as a different era of Madonna oh, that's so fun. and I was just like these girls are so cool they know like I don't even know what this is this yeah. is amazing and so yeah that was like my introduction to her and I like it. yeah she I mean she's just cool she's just good like she's so fascinating and like unafraid mm. it's great her Confessions on a Dance Floor album, in my opinion, is the best. That era was so fun. The tour was amazing. So mm-hmm. if you're not that familiar with Madonna, check out Confessions on a Dance Floor and Hung Up is the best song from that album. Get it. Uh, okay. This is Nelly wants to know weirdest experience with Tyler Oakley. I mean, oh. you guys have been together. For- Why don't we do a whole podcast about that? Uh. Oh, my gosh. I'm, my mind is filtering through like, what can I say? I'm like, um, you guys have been through it together. Yes. <laughs> I love that man so much. And... 
we call each other sister. He really is like family to me. And we've grown so much together. I couldn't say enough positive things. I think weirdest, I mean, one of the most kind of serendipitous cool moments in our friendship is that we were both in New York for the Glad Media Awards. Mm -hmm. And we finished at around uh, 2 a.m. We were like dancing at the after party, the after party closed. And we were both just like so excited and had had such a good night that I remember we went downtown to like a 24 hour pierogi diner and Mm -hmm. we ate uh, and just hung out there until like 4.30 a.m. And then we walked back up because our hotel was in Times Square and we just like watched, you know, the sunrise in Times Square. And that was just a really special moment. So not necessarily weird, but that was just a really cool memory with him. That seems like a scene out of a movie. Yeah, yeah it does. It seems it like one Did you walk down to the Selka? Is that where you went? Yes. Oh. I love the Selka. That's a long walk. I know. That was, like, I mean, that's like 35 blocks. Like if you're punch drunk on a great night, I mean, yeah. you'll walk as far as We cabbed down and then we walked our way back up. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's wow. so fun. Um, oh. By the way, do you like Veselka? I love Veselka. That was my first time. There. I used to live in that neighborhood. So okay. I used to live on 2nd and A, okay. and I would work in Times Square. And occasionally. Did I, you ever I, walk it? Yeah, because yeah. I would get panic attacks sometimes on the subway and oh, yeah. after 9 11. Yeah. Oh, my and gosh. And so um, that was sort of my way around it was I was like, it's fine. I'm just going to walk. I know how long it takes me to get there. And then I'll decide if I want to take the train home at night or whatever. Yeah. Um, so like- I've done it. It takes like an hour. Yes. From that neighborhood to get to But if you're square. talking and it's like that cool summer, you know, you nighttime. You don't realize, yeah. yeah. And when the sun's coming up in New York and the streets aren't yeah, like the craziest, uh, you know, aren't like super scary. It's like, yeah, very magical. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Slay Academy wants to know. Ooh, I know. <laughs> uh, how has Catfish Trolls been different than what you expected? Mm. I mean, I know you kind of touched on it. The idea of like the expectation of people like having closure and changing and that not always being the case, but was anything else different in terms of like production? Because shooting a show like that, especially in New York, I imagine there's just like a lot of things out of your control. Mm-hmm. So you assume it's going to take a certain amount of time and maybe it doesn't. I mean, that's my experience. Well, the York. investigation, people always have questions like, well, what actually happens? The investigation right. is a pure investigation. We get the email or the letter that has been sent to the production and we have to figure it out. And oh, I think really? that I was so pleasantly, nothing... okay. I was pleasantly surprised by how open people were when we reached out. Cause yeah. I'm like, just reaching out like, Hey, I'm Raymond Brown. I don't know if they know who I am sure. or right. that this is a credible request, but people were really down to like get on Skype with us or get on the phone or, you know, sometimes people would even like give us their friend's phone number and be like, Oh yeah, just call her. Or, this is where <laughs> she lives. And I'm like, I wouldn't want my, my know, friend to right? wow. But um, people were pretty forthcoming. And I think that with the reception of the show so far, I've just, been so grateful to see like how many productive conversations are coming from it yeah. and, and seeing people recognize um, what I've been trying to bring to the show, which is really just showing empathy to people, even mm-hmm. as much as you dislike them. One thing that did happen um, after the premiere is that people started trolling the troll. Oh. And I was speaking up against that and not everyone agreed with me. Some people were like, you should have come down on him harder. There should have been more justice. But I feel like in life, it's really hard having a blend between holding people accountable for their actions mm-hmm. versus also showing empathy and recognizing a capacity for people to change. Yeah. And that's the constant, I think, tension that I dealt with filming the show and also now talking about it is like, yes, when people do horrible things, there should be a consequence and yeah. there should be accountability, but also like you can't punish people for the rest of their lives. No. And if someone shows the desire to grow and then they follow that up with action, I want to support that. A hundred percent. We were talking about this a little bit before we started this podcast, just the idea of you're never society is never going to progress and move forward if there's no understanding that uh, people can make changes mm-hmm. and, and that and are do better 
Yeah. Like, and like own up to their past mistakes and, and trust in that because yeah. then all you're doing is creating, uh, the like counterculture, the trolling, more trolling than your the goal of the show is to take that away. I agree. Yeah. That's, but that is a fine line to walk and it must be like kind of a, like, consequent or like conscious effort that you have to make to toe that line mm -hmm. for yourself. So which I'm, is interesting. I have a question about that because, um, you're, I won't say you're like an expert on trolls now, but you certainly know more about them than I do. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's like a cure for it on the internet on sort of a wide scale? Like, is there a way we can cut back on the amount of trolling that goes on that you think we could institute. I mean, what you were saying about yeah. empathy, I think, mm -hmm. is a that's, huge. That's why I brought key. it up. Yeah. Do you think that's, that's the, the million key? dollar question? And I think it's hard because there's so many different motivations for why people troll, and there's mm -hmm. different kind of validation that they get from it. Okay. Sometimes it's just around. Like, have you ever seen a group of teenagers who, like, they'll make fun of someone because they're all egging each other on and they think it's funny? It's mob mentality. Mob mentality, which that can definitely happen online. Or sometimes it's someone who's really lonely. Or sometimes, and this is this is something that everyone who has a platform online should be mindful of. Yeah. And I know it's it's been discussed a lot before, but, like... Grace, if you get a hundred positive comments and you oh. get one really not biting comment or constructive comment, you get comment, stuck on that one. You get stuck on that one, and yeah. a lot of times just human instinct or something, people respond mm -hmm. to the one negative. So then people say, well, hold on a second. I can tell this person how amazing and fabulous they are, but if I say something snarky or sarcastic or mean, they're going to respond. And sometimes yeah. people are actually just fans and they just want to know that oh, you've seen them. Exactly. Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, it's... So I, just trying to get noticed. Yes. Yeah. That's so Whether interesting. Whether it's positive or negative, they just, they just want to know that Grace Helbig has seen their profile and knows who they are. And from their point of view, it makes total sense that if I pay attention to the one person that said something a little cutting versus like the hundred people that were overwhemingly nice, oh, then yeah. yeah, the odds are... All my compliments. Yeah, I think that it's like I think I think the closest I think the closest uh, answer to what you're asking because I wish there was like a perfect solution is just culturally like upvoting and retweeting mm -hmm. and and creating a culture where the positive stuff, the empowering stuff, is getting more traction. It's getting than rewarded. The Amplifi stuff. Amplify the positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, that's smart. Um, Kyle Krieger. Asks <laughs> Uh, Hi, Kyle. <laughs> Ask him to share his public and private opinion about something he's never shared before. What is that question? It's a bizarre question. <laughs> Have you shared your public and private opinion about Kyle Krieger? Ooh, <laughs> my public opinion. No, interesting. I feel like I feel like he might be referencing a conversation that we had about politics. Ooh. Oh, scary! But, but scary, exactly. But I think that the point that I was making to him, and this ties into what we were saying about trolling, yeah. is. I'm going to go here. Yeah. So I feel like when people are on the same page generally and they're talking to people, talking to each other about how angry or how messed up something is, it it makes people, everyone feel more anxious and upset mm -hmm. and um, activated, but it's not actually working towards a solution in a sense because right. it's people talking to people who share their same views about um, something that they're angry about. And so my what I try to encourage people to do is find ways to break out of your bubble and talk to people and relate to people who mm -hmm. don't share all of your views, but where there might be some sliver of common ground yeah. or some sliver of empathy, because I feel like that's the way that you can create change. But there's such a fear to do that online right now, because yeah. Yeah. again, if you're showing empathy to someone who is problematic or who has said something that is hurtful, it's a fine line again, between yeah. the accountability versus trying to help them grow. And mm -hmm. so 
I don't, I think that that is what he was getting at with his question because it's like you want to have those conversations, but sometimes it's hard to have really nuanced conversations in the public sphere where everything gets condensed to a tweet. Yeah. And this is fascinating. And I could talk for a while about this because I just, my friend Jarrett Sleeper presented this idea to me that got presented to him that he's going nuts about that there's three types of conversations there's uh, a discussion, a dialogue, and a debate. Mm. And so we, a lot of like problems come from not being able to recognize or not both parties being on the same side of the conversation. Discussion is, when two people that are similar minded and I'm going to kind of butcher these ideas, you can find there's like a whole worksheet online that Mm -hmm. explains this really, really well. But the discussion is like two people talking about something that they have a similar, um, you know, belief system about and discussing the ins and outs of that. I think dialogue is where two people have different beliefs, but they are respectful enough, not necessarily to change the opinion of someone else, but to hear someone and get to the root and understand why the other feels that way. That Mm -hmm. it's still different doesn't mean you change your opinion about what you feel, but you understand the Mm. context of why the other person in the conversation feels that way. And debate is to try and prove the other person wrong. Interesting. Yeah, and so I think it's like... Most conversations online feel like debate. Debates when people think that they're having a dialogue. Right. And Mm. so they think that they're not coming in to try and understand. They're coming in to undermine whatever the sentiment or core reason that someone feels a certain way. And you're in a dialogue, you're able to walk away with an understanding and like some sort of closure in some way, Mm. a debate you're trying to like get your understanding outweighed against the other person's understanding. It's interesting. And you could like rack your brain dialogue online. Yeah. Discussion and dialogue. And Uh. I think there's a really important point to make on this, which is that showing compassion or Mm -hmm. an openness to understanding someone who's different from you is not endorsing what their views are, what they say. What a dialogue. Yeah. Being open to a conversation or saying, well, actually I want to, I want to probe this a little bit is not, co-signing that person but i feel like online that gets conflated a lot a hundred percent gets conflated a lot just having conversations with people can get you labeled problematic Mm -hmm. now yeah it's really really frightening yeah um on a lighter note sorry comes from no no no. uh tyler oakley wants to know (laughs) force ray ray to explain one his french fry thing or his pho thing Oh, ooh! What is Look this? at me! I excuse me. <laughs> I need to say this. I could have said a lot of things, Miss Tyler, about strange stories, and I chose a wonderful New York memory. And now you're trying to say all my funky things. So thank you so much. Um, I'll let you pick. Do you want the fuzz story or the fry story? Um, I mean, I don't. I, I kind of want the French fry thing. I guess okay. I like fries a little bit more than pho, but okay. I also wouldn't be opposed to knowing about both. All of right, them. I can tell you both. Then, if you want to edit them out, then. Yeah. You can pick one. Um, So the French fry story is that we had gone these both these. Okay. So just as a preamble, Uh have you ever gotten food poisoning before? Yes. Yes. And you know that it's like one of the worst things that can ever happen. uh, I've never felt more less in control of my body than when I have utter betrayal. And it's not like when (laughs) you have a cold or even a fever where you can like take some over the counter stuff and still power through. Like when you have food poisoning, you are out. Yes. And I had a really bad experience. I've gotten food poisoning twice, but I had a really bad experience once where I kind of felt as I was there, like this place is a little sketchy. Oh, when you can tell it's going to happen. Yes. And so ever since then, I am a little... You trust your instincts? I trust my instincts, but I also get very, like, protective about Mm -hmm. the food I put in my mouth. Yes. Um, So these both 
are along that general theme. Uh-huh. So we had gone for a hike, you know, doing our LA thing, fitness journey. We're on Runyon. If yeah. you've hiked Runyon, you know, you kind of leave feeling great, but you've got this kind of like dusty, sweaty film yes. on you. And we went and we got fries because that's what you do after your We're hiking and fitness. Yeah. And <laughs> I was so tired from the hike that I didn't want to go to the bathroom and wash my hands, but I didn't want to be eating fries yeah. that were touching my dirty, filmy, you know, Runyon hands. Yeah. And so I just ate right up until the little nub that my fingers were touching. <laughs> then I made a little pile of the nubs and Tyler thought that was weird. So that is the French fries story. Oh and my then God. The story. That's so funny. And I think he ate them to make a point. And oh he was my like, God. yeah. What a good Which friend. tells you a lot about me and him. Well, um, yeah, and but then, I, he can't call you weird if he's going to eat them afterwards and pretend that's I mean, normal. Tell, that's me if, weird. tell me if, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that validation because I didn't think it was that weird. And then the fuzz story is something similar. So I don't want to put this place on blast because I actually love this restaurant. Okay. And But there's a restaurant that is a incredible pho place that Tyler and I go a lot. And I was bringing one of our other friends one night and it's open late. It's kind of like a pho diner mm-hmm. and we walk in and, um, I don't even know how to describe it, but like every single table, and this is a big restaurant, every single table was full of dirty dishes and there oh, were no. flies everywhere. And it was kind of like when flies are circling around, you know, a garbage bin or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, it was yeah. giving yeah, me that like aesthetic. They, they started camping out. Yes. Yeah. And so my friend, my friend said, how do you eat here, Raymond? This is nasty. Like I kind of <laughs> lost my appetite and I said, you know what? You're right. And so we left and we en- ended up not eating. Uh-huh. And, but then the next day I was like, I really want that pho. And so what I did <laughs> is I ordered it uh-huh. and then when I, and I brought it home and I put it in a pot and I boiled it. So and I said, it. I said, okay, so if it's already, you know, so if there's <laughs> flies in the kitchen, let me just boil it and then I'll kill the flies. And so, and I actually discovered that it tasted better too. Cause all the juices and like re- meats and stuff kind of like got all percolated and it was gorgeous. And so when Tyler <laughs> wanted to go next time, I said, I will not eat there, but I'm happy to order it. And reboil it for you and he <laughs> was like you need help and so then he came over and i reboiled it and he said that he liked the reboiled more than the oh. original so well there you laughs go on he's jokes gonna, on whoever he's gonna give you a chance also that's very like naked and afraid of you to like reboil all the potential disease out of the liquid you're gonna put in your body that's good for you so funny. if anything you're a survivor thank you which which story i mean they're both the same theme so i don't know which one he wanted they're me to great honestly i expected them to be way more disgusting okay. to be fair thank you. i think you were looking out for yourself you macgyvered health into your body thank you and- i like too that he like framed it as like Explain your thing about fr- I know, like that's as if I like that's like, a thing you always do. Exactly. No, I always only eat up to the little nub of French fries. <laughs> that's why like every time. I, yeah, that no, would be a thing. Yes. <laughs> that's why I was like, what Pandora's box is this question going to open <laughs> yes. up about Raymond for us? Well, I'm curious, everyone listening, if anyone else does the French fry nubs when you don't want to wash your hands, let me know. I'm curious. Let, if I'm the only yeah, one. Yeah, that's a life. Do they hack. not have forks? That would have been a good point. But what's better, a French fry with a fork or? He doesn't want to look like a crazy person (laughs) eating a French fry with a fork. Jesus. I'd rather make a fort out of the nubs. There you go. Got it. Okay, here's the last question. This is Hayes Liang, and they want to know what's your ideal best first date? Ooh. Mm. Oh, gosh. Any date. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, my ideal first date would be. Something 
active followed by conversation. So actually, I, I know it. I, I would want to go to. But by the way, it's like the ideal first date versus practicality. I feel like on a sure. first date, if I propose this, someone be like, what is wrong with you, girl? Like, we're not in a movie. But it would be going to Malibu and having brunch. One of my favorite restaurants like overlooks the beach on Malibu. Oh, nice. And um intense conversation i don't i don't mince words like when i'm on it i like don't to go right time. there like yeah. let's go deep with yeah. our conversation um and so it, it would be that and then followed by you know hanging out at malibu that sounds very attainable yeah. Yeah, that sounds lovely that sounds very doable i think that can happen for you right I, I hope again so. manifest let's manifest. manifest that along with my carpool karaoke with madonna yep. and hosting a rupaul's drag race themed podcast yes uh, and Raymond. ending trolling oh <laughs> God, just yes, a few please. quick yes. things yes. on your to-do list yes. for the next year. Um, Raymond, thank you so much for being here. Thank you this for having me. This so was so fun. fun. Um, before you go, we give every guest a personalized fortune cookie. So this is made just for you. Oh my gosh. Um, it's not the highest quality fortune cookie, but it's- You don't have to eat it is what she's saying. You don't have to eat it, but you're welcome to open it and read the fortune inside. Okay, I'm excited. It might Let's not see. be the crunchiest because we- <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yum. It's, no, I got that satisfying crunch. Let's see. You will be upgraded to first class on not your next flight or your next next flight, but like maybe 10% chance for a flight like 10 years from now. Good odds, traveler. Thank yeah, you so much. I will take those odds. There you go. Because <laughs> I always look lustfully at first class when I get on that flight. Who doesn't? So, yes. Oh, God. And I hate when they shut the curtain. Like, it's just like, you I don't know. even look up here. I know. Like, or how about I... when you're so close to the front of the plane and you just want to use the first class bathroom? And they the one shame in the you. Yeah. And you're like, God, I okay. hate when they do what that. What if I bring this fortune with me next time I'm so traveling and say, hey, I was on Not Too Deep and the they told me that I might get it. Oh, well, if you say you were on Not Too Deep, you'll get the instant upgrade. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. We have an offer discount code with all of the flights. Just use discount code NTD. Yes. It's really great. Perfect. Okay. Um, Raymond, where can people find you and everything that you're up to if they don't already know? Thank you. So on social media, I'm at Raymond Braun, B-R-A-U-N. Mm -hmm. And as Grace was saying, Catfish Trolls will have already aired when this comes out. So you can check it out on MTV.com or the okay. app or iTunes or any of the kind of streaming services that you know, show MTV. And yeah, I look forward to talking to you more online. Raymond has a bunch of fun adventures coming up, so I highly recommend you follow him on the social media because I'm you. sure it's going to be all over that IG story. I know I will be very obsessively watching. Raymond, thank you so much for being here. We'll see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep, too deep, too deep, not too deep. With Grace Helbig. Third Love is passionate about the perfect fit, and they believe it's time for your bra to fit you, not the other way around. Their collections are designed by women for women, so you will love the way you feel under each and every look. And now they offer over 70 sizes and more than a dozen styles, so you'll find the perfect bra for every moment and every outfit. Get 15% off your first purchase by going to thirdlove.com grace today. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated. Produced and directed by Jack Ferry. Producer Melissa D. Mons. With writing by Diane Kang. Audio support by Chris Henry. Editing by Melissa D. Mons. And an extra special thank you to Flula for the theme music. 